All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What is going on? We're back, everybody. And ugh, I get so excited when we have a guest, Tim. Me too. I really do. And especially a former teammate. I had to ask Brandon if he remembered me because I was with the Rangers for only a cup of coffee. Then yeah. I was relegated to the Black Aces. I wasn't even allowed to be around the team because I was such a cancer to the team. <laughs> and he vaguely remembers I I, me, right, I told, Yeah, I was one that told Torts. I said, Torts, can you get this guy out of here? You did not tell him to get me. That's a lie. No, I said, get you out of there. Get you oh, out of you the did? Room. Yeah, I said, put him on the black aces. Don't let him skate with us. <laughs> I believe it because I did not want to be there at a certain point. I knew I mean, it wasn't going to play. I remember you guys were – I remember you were still having fun, though. I remember you were still, like, you know, just even joking around and then telling – I was always coming to you guys, uh, seeing what you did the night before and stuff. It was fun. Me and Jeff Waywicka, like, we – the. Yeah. The pregame meal, you guys would always be up and gone. And me and Jeff Cheeksy, we would get a bottle of wine. We relaxed a little bit. It was fun. I mean, we enjoyed our yeah, time. Yeah, It was a good time. But what I remember is I, I knew I never got Torts' approval because when I showed up with the Rangers, I walked into Torts' office. He literally looked at me and goes, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, not even kidding. He's like, I did not know you were coming. And I was like, okay, uh, I'll, see you. I'll see you later. Sounds good. <laughs> it was so you random. You know you were coming what? Like – when I got there, really? <laughs> when I got traded there from Chicago, he's like, I had no idea where you were getting you. So, okay. And you, you guys already had tough guys. You had Rupp. You had yourself. Like, we were – you had Stu yeah. Bickle. We were yeah. set on tough guys. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Torts, what do you – But anyways, you're in London right now. Yeah. You're yeah. living the life. Tim, he used to play for the London Knights. Did you know that? We don't, we don't usually or don't always throw it back to like juniors and stuff, but I feel like you got a pretty interesting story. I want to touch on that. So you didn't get drafted in the OHL and you were walk on for the London Knights. It's arguably the best, you know, team in that league and a stacked roster you guys had. Like, how did that shake out? How did you earn a spot there? So I, um, I was playing junior B the one year and, um, the Knights just kind of they, – they just started watching me, and I, I said no. Actually, my first year going into Junior B, uh, I got invited to Knights, like, rookie camp, and just for the Junior B team to watch me. They were the affiliate. And so I had a good camp, and the Knights invited me to main camp. And then they asked if I wanted to play an exhibition game. And at the, that time, I was like, there's no way I'm going to make the team, and I want to try and get a scholarship. 
Um, so I, I denied the exhibition game, went and played junior B for a year. The next year, it's like a week before Knights camp. And I was in my mind, I'm going, all right, I'm going to play. I'm going to try and play for the Knights this year. I'm just going to wait for the phone call. They're going to ask me to come to camp. And it never happened. And like a week before camp, my dad was golfing and he, Dale Hunter hits his ball and the, the other fairway and my dad and Dale Hunter meet. And my dad's like, Hey, I'm Kevin Prust. My son's been waiting for you guys to call. And they're like, well, we thought he was going scholarship route. And he's like, no, no, he wants to try out for you guys. I got a call later that day, went to tryouts a week later and uh, ended up, uh, you know, staying on the squad and um, played there, yeah, three years. And my last year we won the Memorial Cup with that kind of superpower team there, uh, CHL team of the century. Um, So, yeah, I was – and playing in my hometown, like I, used to, I grew up watching the London Knights and my dad taking me to the games every uh, every Friday from when I was four to when I was nine, you know? So. That is crazy. No way. I did not realize. So your whole hockey career, you, you wouldn't have had one if your dad didn't play golf that day. No, no. That's so weird. Or Hunter didn't shank a ball in the other fairway. Yeah, yeah. I, we still don't know who shanked the ball. Dale says my dad did and. My dad says Dale does, but nobody really knows the truth. But they ran into each other on the golf course, and I got a call later that day from the uh, assistant GM, and I was at tryouts a week later. (laughs) That's incredible. And like you said, you went to go to this team that was absolutely stacked. When you went there your first year, did they have all that talent there? Was Perry there? Was Girardi there? Yeah, but they're all young. Girardi, no, we traded for Girardi our last year. But, you know, Savret, Mathot, um, you know, Dave Boland um Corey Perry wow um yeah so but they were all young we that's what like we built up those those guys were kind of first second year and then you know by the last year we were all you know 19 and 18 19 20 and we just walked over everybody right so we were talking earlier before you came on out of all those guys I I played against them I played with some of them I obviously played with you I always thought Robbie Shrimp had the sickest hands I've ever seen on a hockey player. Mm-hmm. It, was he the best guy in that team? Like, who, who was uh, the best guy? Yeah, well, you know, power play-wise, you got to say Shrimpy, but you know, Corey Perry was definitely dominant. Um, and then, you know, Mark Withod and Savret. We had um, Girardi and Brian Rodney, like our four top D four top D in the, in the league, pretty much like those guys ended up, uh, you know, you look at Girardi and uh, the thought what they did with their career um, forward. Yes. Bolin, shrimp, Perry, um, you know, we had Danny Fritchie that year. Um, so yeah, we were, we were pretty stacked. Was it, did you know that all you guys were going to the NHL? Like, did you see yourself in the same category as those guys? Because you, they all got drafted. They all were on their way to the show. Were you like, yeah, I'm going too? Well, I was drafted uh, third round the year before, but I was a tw- like I was a 20 year old when I got drafted. I was two years older than everybody in that draft, and uh, so I just had a really good year. That's uh, my second year with the Knights, and um, yeah, I got drafted third round as a 20 year old to to Calgary. So you know, I knew I was I knew I was at a point where I I could work my way up to the NHL. I knew I was going to be seen. The biggest thing for me growing up was just never getting exposure. Like I just played minor hockey in London. So I never had, like I never played triple A or anything. So um, it was just, now I knew I was on the radar scouts were going to watch. So it was kind of, it was kind of up to me. And that's what I did in, uh, you know, the AHL is just, you know, grind my way up. 
That's actually a good point because guys were coming to watch Corey Perry and all those stars, and they, they just, you just caught their eye. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, exactly. We were, I mean, the London was the number one place where scouts would come. It's one, it's a central location. The building was brand new and perfect, like sick building, right? So scouts loved to, to come to London to to watch, and it was always, you know, we yeah, guys they were coming to watch like, you know, probably ten guys on that team had. NHL careers, I forget what the number is, but pretty, pretty solid team. Yeah, without a doubt. So you get done, you win the Memorial Cup, everything's great, hometown, you have some fun. And like, how cool is that winning a championship in your hometown? Oh, man, it was, uh, it was awesome. Like, it, just all my friends and family, right? So for me, I remember getting, I remember when we, you know, won the OHL championship and I just remember grabbing the trophy and just you know, <laughs> kind of going around this way. And I just turned to where all my family and friends were sitting and I just went and, you know, held it up right to them. And uh, yeah, we had a great, just a great team, like fun. I remember, I remember we would be going, we'd be going out. We knew we were going to win, but I remember once we, 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 we were all lined up out at, uh, at a, like outside this bar and we obviously had curfew or something and the assistant coach calls Perry and he's like oh man he's like Jocko's calling me and he goes hello and he goes <laughs> Jocko's like um you guys all home in bed he's like yep yep everybody's home and, uh-huh. and he goes yeah well I'm looking at you guys standing in line at the bar you idiots <laughs> and we're just like oh shoot and you he got goes, a game the next day no big deal and he's like just be safe and get home at a decent hour, hang up. And <laughs> so it, was, it was a fun year. So, so fast forward a little bit. You're uh, 06, 07. You play 10 games in the NHL. All right. Uh, no points yet. And the next year you follow that up with, in the AHL, 37 points and 248 penalty minutes, which I think it just tells a really good story of a guy who was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get called up and to earn that roster spot. I can tell a little bit about, because we talk about on the show all the time, there's so many guys that, that are stuck at a certain level because they won't do what it takes to progress, you know, and you obviously didn't have that issue. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I went up for 10 games and um, I remember we played Vancouver, my, I think it was my 10th game. Who was the rat back then? Played for Vancouver. Do you remember? Burroughs? No. Lapierre. Uh, Lapierre. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I forget who that kid was. Anyway, he was Tito. tough. He was a tough rat. He was a tough rat. Um, um, it was almost like a Rafik Torres, but I can't remember. Anyway, after the game, I didn't fight him. He was like kind of running around, and I, I, I didn't think he would fight me. I never asked him. He was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And anyway. Uh, I got called um, going to the bus. We were going, I think the team was going to, uh, I think we were just going to practice or whatever, going down to the mall or something. And Daryl Sutter pulls me aside and he just, you let that rat run around yesterday. You ever do that again? You'll you'll never play in the NHL again. I'll make sure you're buried. Basically just said, no kidding. Bury me. And he goes, you're going to the airport. You're going back to Omaha. I was like, oh, oh my God. I just got reamed out and sent down. And uh, so never got called back up. It took me another year and a half to get back up there. So is that why you went back to the AHL and you just piled up the PIMS? You took on everybody and their brother and just – yeah, I mean, I was doing that my first. Year. I think my first year, I think I led the league in pims. I was, I think I there fights. I think I had thirty four fights my first year in the NHL. I was literally fighting everybody. Do you remember me? Do you remember fighting me, John? I vaguely, I, I remember because I broke my hand because I punched a glass. You we we over my head, like you, yeah, we were fighting right along the glass. 
Yeah. And I threw a punch, you dodged it or moved, and I just like buried my hand right in the glass. I was like, great. Yeah. So, and, like, I mean, I was, I was literally going at everybody. Like, I remember coming back in the dressing room, the guy's like, you, you crazy? What are you doing? And I, and I remember you saying, but I remember going up to John, I was kind of in the middle of the game. I'm like, I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight him. And uh, I just went up and, like, you know, asked him and then grabbed him. And in the penalty box, John's going, let's go again. Let's go again. We're going to square off this time. I'm like, you're a foot taller than me. How much more of an advantage do you need? You're mad because I just I grabbed on right away. I didn't square off. Well, the hardest part about fighting small guys is, yeah, you're getting tight. I couldn't stand fighting small guys. And you were strong. You were built. Like, you, you, you just grabbed on me. I'm like, this stinks. I was 30 pounds lighter than I was when I made it to the show. I was like, this is a joke. I hated it. So, I, I was saying, it's embarrassing. I should have knocked you out, like rightfully so. You're a foot shorter than I am, and I'm just I, like. I think it made, yeah, it made you really upset that you didn't, you didn't kill me. <laughs> you embarrassed me. We were in Omaha too, I think. So at least I didn't get embarrassed in front of my home crowd. But yes, gosh, oh, there's a lot of fights. I thought we were in Houston. I don't I know. We, I thought we were in Houston. I'm See, pretty... how do you remember? I don't even know. I don't when know. You I have... don't. I, I'm not that good at remembering things, but like that's one that I, you know. In, when you, I know I, I remember the monsters that I fight. <laughs> so why didn't you fight me then out of the box? What's the deal? You said you took on all comers. I did. I already took you on. I don't want to push my luck too much. So what's that like fighting 34 times in a year? Like, do you do prep work now that we're with hockey fights? I always tell the story. I always tell people I, I was on hockey fights every single night researching guys did you do research did yeah. you know what you had to do in order to fight me um at, i would have for sure at that time because i i'm in junior i got my jaw broken brad stobbitz i uh, didn't know he was a lefty and ever since then i i did my homework so i knew what guys punch i knew which hand guys punched with uh, their tendencies on switching up um just kind of how they how they fought i knew exactly what i was kind of going into but yeah you 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 get smoked once and you kind of learn. So I would have, yeah, I would have probably watched some of your fights. And I, I mean, with, I, I knew you were a righty and I just know, like, I got to get in tight. I can't let you ring me out. And uh, you know, that that's kind of the, the typical when you fight someone huge, yeah. kind of what you try and do, just not get wrung out. Cause that's all. If once you s stretch your arm out on me, like uh, I'll just be, and I'll wait for you to make a mistake, I guess. But yeah, yeah but you were Definitely did my homework. And you were drafted in the third round, so obviously you could play. But a lot of the others, you know, those enforcers get kind of pigeonholed into a certain role. But you didn't seem to do that. I mean, you had multiple seasons where you played all 82 games, so clearly coaches valued what you brought on the ice. Is that something that you kind of prided yourself on? Yeah, yeah, that was for sure. I, I think New York was my – was, you know, with Torts. Torts loved me, and um, I battled, you know, I battled every night, and it got rewarded with, with ice time. And – I was lucky enough not to get uh, any major injuries. I did tear my labrum and my shoulder uh, one that year, but I, I played the rest. There was about three or four months left. But I remember, I remember not being able to lift my arm, but before games, and it was like toradol shot. And after the toradol shot, I was like, "Oh, cool! I feel great." <laughs> like, but, you know, just go right back, just go right back out. And I remember we were playing against Montreal, and. Um, 
I was like warm ups. I'm like, Oh my God, there's no way I could fight tonight. And then, uh, I got the shot in between periods and then, uh, or before the game got out, I was starting the game. It was like opening face off and I was Travis Mullen. I was like, Hey, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and so it's just like, <laughs> so, and I, another time I actually, uh, I tore this tendon near my finger. I just can't bend it anymore. No. Are you trying to bend it? Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I did have injuries, but nothing that was like kept kept me out. So I think in New York, I, I don't think I missed a game of from injuries in New York. So why leave New York? You loved it there. You love the coach. You love the city. Why leave and go to Montreal? Well, I think um, I, I, it was more just terms, right? Like they you wanted they, the do re me. They, they didn't, they, I wanted like four years. I wanted some security, right? I, I knew I was getting, I was getting injured, even though I was getting lucky with not missing games, but the way you play too, right? I, I just wanted, they wouldn't really go over two years, I don't think. And, you know, I knew I was going to get a free agency. I was going to get four years and, you know, I was hoping somewhere around, somewhere around 10, which I ended up getting. But with New York, it was kind of like, I think it was like, two for five or three, six, something like that. I mean, it was just, uh, and I was the girl I was dating. Um, she was, uh, a Montreal girl and mm. there was tons of factors, uh, you know, going somewhere where you, you really wanted and, uh, they needed a guy like me in Montreal. So, um, it, you know, that worked out as well too. I had a great time in Montreal. You don't regret not signing back with New York. You were like such a hit there. People in in the blue shirts, they loved you there. Like you were, yeah. you were treated like royalty there. Yeah, no, I, it was, that was the hardest. When I signed in Montreal, I had this emotion of like, wow, I just signed for four years, 10 mil. And, but at the same time, I was so sad that I was leaving New York and I was leaving my, I was leaving my buddies in New York and I was leaving that city. And, you know, so I was like, it was the weirdest emotion I've ever had where you're sad and happy as hell at the same time. It's crazy. So, so definitely sad leaving there. I bet because gosh, when I was with New York, it was like, like we talked about, it wasn't very long, but toward torts loved you. He, he trusted you. He put you in every situation what was it like playing for him? Because he's so polarizing. We see it now. He's doing it with Lion A. He ran Dubois out of town. When we were there, he always got into it with Gabrick. Every video session, it seemed like he just, Gabby, what are you doing here? What's going? Like, he just would go after guys. What, what was it like playing for him? And how was it being one of his guys? Because there wasn't many guys. Like, it was you, Callie. Like, Doobie maybe was his guy. Like, what was that like? You already loved, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like I say. You talk to some guys and they and they hate him. For me, he was the one that kind of gave me my shot. He let me play and let me run with it. It was like when they traded for me, he was like, "You're gonna play. Show me what you got." So I, I really had that respect for him. I the the thing I like is that he doesn't treat it, whether you make 1 million or 10 million, he's still going to treat you and hold you accountable. So I always did appreciate that. He was very passionate. This guy worked harder than anybody like preparing for a game, getting, you know, tape ready and the X's and O's. This guy was, this guy's a good coach. Right. But he's sometimes too intense. Those guys, you can like Gabby with all that yelling at him, it didn't make him better. It made him worse. I find. Right. Same with, you know, like that Dubois and, and line a, right. They, being too hard on those guys can actually make them worse. So I think he has to find that line of, 
even though he doesn't believe in treating people differently, really he treats everybody kind of the same level. Like if, if you, if you didn't block a shot or you played like a bum, he's going to let you know, no matter what, right? Like the only person that he never really would go after was Hank. And I even saw him a couple times. He would go after Hank, Hank, just stop the puck. Just stop the puck, Hank. <laughs> like, but that was like, I saw that maybe twice in three years. Right. So. Yeah. What, uh, what's your, like your best funniest tort story that you tell people when they ask? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a few. Um, there was, uh, well, actually when I first got traded there and, uh, it's going to be tough to tell a, a tort story with no swearing, but I will, I will try. <laughs> we can bleep it out. It's fine. Okay. So <laughs> he, uh, when I first got there, I started touring our practice facility. We shared our practice practice facility with uh, the Knicks. So, I mean, when we went to the cafeteria, like we're sitting with Amari Stoudemire and, you know, Carmelo Anthony and stuff. So anyway, when they would be on the, they were on the road, I would go over and shoot hoops. So um, I, I bring over like Brian Boyle and uh, Delzato and Gilroy. We start playing two on two after practices over on the Knicks. So sure enough, Brian Boyle goes up for a shot and I'm going to kind of block him and he lands on my foot and twists his ankle. We have 10 games left in the season and Boiler has just destroyed his ankle. And we're like, Oh my God. I'm like, okay, Boiler go home and just like come to practice the next day and just fall on the ice. We don't want, we don't want to. <laughs> and he's just like, he knows he can't do that. Like he's hobbling out of this. So he's got his foot in the cold tub. Sure enough, trainer comes and then we're in the training room and the trainer has to go tell Torts. And <laughs> Torts just looks in and he's just looking at Boiler. And Boiler's just like, and Torts just goes, are you effing kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're playing basketball 10 games before the playoffs. You Oh, and he just ripped. <laughs> we're all just sitting there. We're just heads buried. We're just, oh, man just ripping into boiler, like just ripping into him. And then storm, we can hear him storming down the hallway, still just yelling at like just the walls, like just yelling at whatever he can yell at. And, I mean, that's just that memory of torts, uh, just peeking. And then I just got there, him just peeking in another, I'll tell you, give you one more good one. This, uh, Aaron Voros scores a goal. Oh, and Voros. And torts goes, AV, nice goal. And AV turns to him and gives him the, like the that. guns. <laughs> Did you just shoot me? Did he just shot me? He goes to Sully. He just pointed his gun at me. He just oh my like and he just starts losing it. Did you just point your gun at me and shoot me? <laughs> I think he benched him after that. <laughs> so funny. Aaron Voros, I, I played with him when I was in Minnesota. I, I could not stand that guy. I don't know why he just rubbed me the wrong way. There was something about him was so cocky. But anyways, he, he did well in New York. That's funny. Torts, never really got along with him, Brandon. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people that don't, right? Um, so, yeah, it's just how what you can take. He's a passionate, right-in-your-face coach. But, you know, even you walking into his room, he's just brutally honest. He goes, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't even know you were coming. Like, that's so torts. Like, it just completely just tore my soul out of my chest. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. He doesn't care. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you finished I, your career playing in Germany. Um, can you talk a little bit about just like what are the maybe adjustments you had to make to your game? How is it different from what, you know, playing back here? And then maybe some surprises playing over there. Did it, did it 
Was it better than you thought? Worse than you thought? Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I had a, I had a great time there. Like we had a good team. We had a good. So in Germany, you can have nine uh, imports. So you know we had a lot of Canadians and and um, Americans, and uh, even the Germans were, were great guys. Obviously, the ice size is one difference, but Germany is a very North American kind of style uh, hockey. So they do play uh, they do play kind of a rugged, hard nosed game, and um, so there wasn't much, you know. It's definitely lots of lots of differences, and um, you're not getting that contact. You're never going out of your way to make a hit because it's just way too way too much, and you're getting you're wasting so much energy. So um, I think that was kind of the biggest thing. But it was it was good hockey, and uh, we had fun, and uh, you know you lived that European lifestyle for a bit. Uh, it was a good experience. I I was thinking about uh, kind of going back back over to Europe, but. It was just uh, uh, body and mind wasn't really uh, wasn't into it anymore. So before that, you're with Montreal. We talk about Montreal a lot on this podcast, just because they're such a strange team. They go out and they kill the off season. I don't know how much you follow them. You're with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. What? What is their deal? If you can just give me an insight, you know Bergevin. He brought you in there. What's going on with that team? Like. I played one game there, so I don't know anything about Montreal, but what's happening there? Duran just left. I don't know why he's going, he's leaving, but what's like, what is the issue with Montreal? Why can't they figure out their deal? Well, it's so hard to, everyone's kind of wondering that. And when you do watch games, I I don't know. I just find like, I don't know what it, I know defensively, you just see them second and third opportunities. Right. And like you're leaving price out to dry and kind of turnovers. They don't, they're trying to be a run and gun team, which they shouldn't, shouldn't try and do. Um, and it's just, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I think, I think kind of defensively and, and, and character, they don't really have a, I don't know. They do have some character guys. It, it, I think it's, it, it's mind boggling to everybody because they, they should be, should be better. Um, but I think they need to go into like just more of a defensive structure and take care of their own end and, 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 quit trying to win games five, four and try and win games two, one, you know, like that's, I think that's where they're, they'll get most of their success. Right. But yeah, it's tough to say. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's baffling everybody that uh, I mean, they're right just on there. They sometimes show some great games where you're like, all right, maybe they got to figure it out. And then they just, you know, poop the bed the next day. Yeah. It's frustrating to watch them. It honestly really is. Yeah, because, you know, and you want uh, – you know, I still have friends there and, uh, you know, lots of Montreal fans. You, you want them – you want to see them do well and you want to see them succeed. You know, I, you want to see Pricer uh, and Galley, two, two of my best buddies in hockey. Uh, you know, you want to see them do well and uh, wish I could wish I could come help them. Um, maybe they should, hire, they should hire us as coach. We'll figure them out. I don't want to coach. No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so – we're going to finish with kind of a rapid fire and it's all mostly, this is fans, uh, fan submitted questions on social media. It doesn't stuff. have to be quick answer though. Sure. I got you. I'm not, on, I'm not on a timer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, who was the toughest guy you ever fought? John Scott. Be honest. And, and, well, obviously Scott would have been one, but even uh, Steve McIntyre, uh, Rocky. Yeah. I, was, I had a big one with Steve McIntyre, but it was probably my, it was my second NHL fight in my first full year, and uh, he ran Dustin Boyd, and I had to 
I, I had to had to go in and, and fight him. And I did really well in the fight, but you know, he, on, on paper, he'd probably be the toughest guy that I, that I've, I've fought. Let me jump in. Sorry to ruin the rapid fire, Tim. Do you remember in Calgary, I was with Minnesota. I was in the press box for whatever reason. Boogie absolutely buried you yeah. in, in front of the net in the high slot. And then yeah, rats came in and Brian Boogie knocked him out. Yeah, Boogie. Yeah, Boogie got the best of him. I know. Um, yeah, that, I felt bad after that one. Boogie's crushed me. Boogie crushed me a couple of times. I don't know if it was that game or the next game. You remember when he yelled me in the head and he yeah. five? Uh, he ended up getting five games for it. He knocked me out cold with an elbow. Oh, I don't. I remember going back in the dressing room, not even knowing where I sat in the dressing room, and they're like, what day is it? No clue. Who'd we play? No clue. Score? Nothing. Didn't come back to me for about an hour. That was your fault. You got to be aware of where Derek is. <laughs> <laughs> I was down in the corner. I was down in the corner, and Dar- And the next day, Daryl Sutter comes comes in. He's like, you didn't see that big bastard or what? And I'm like, Daryl, I saw him. I braced against the boards and he elbowed me in the head and he's coming from like, I was literally, it was at like the goal line. He came down because I went all the way around the net and he just came out. It was like a four, one game. And he, I'm like, yeah, I, I saw him. <laughs> there was that a, was his favorite way to hit. If in the defensive zone, if the forward on the other team would rim it, rim, go around the net, yeah. he would leave his defenseman. He would not yeah. care. He no, would go to no. bury guys. Like yeah. he, 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 oh, I've yeah. seen him kill people behind the net because yeah. no one's expecting to be hit when you're, you know, your D man's oh. on your hip. Anyways, yeah. you know it's there. Yeah, they're coming out of their position, right? Because you know, uh, any you know, kind of good players would say, "Okay, I just gotta." I just got to put this back to my point, and he's wide open. So you're not looking out for a six eight, two hundred and eighty nine pound behemoth coming down. You got to be aware, like Daryl yeah. said. Yeah, I honestly, saw him. I, de- I definitely saw him, and I braced myself, but he just squished my head right in his glass with his elbow. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Go ahead. Who's uh, uh, someone you always wanted to fight but never got to? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Chara. I always wanted. I I I I always kind of to this day wish I would have had one of those scraps, and we kind of came close uh, once, once or twice. But uh, you know, we had respect for each other, and nothing really ever ever happened. And uh, but yeah, it would have been good to have that one on the resume. Good answer. Um, what was your best hockey moment in your career? Oh, I I think junior wise winning the Memorial cup um, and NHL. I mean, just my years. And I think it's just blended all like Montreal playoffs and New York playoffs, like going on the playoff runs to uh, conference finals. Um, those are stuff that uh, you know, the most exciting things. And that's, that happened in my NHL career, just getting that close to the, the Stanley cup finals. Who always beat you up? Who did you hate to fight? My guy was Cam Jansen. I did not, I didn't like fighting him just because he, I think he was on steroids and he would not stop fighting. No. Who did you just hate to fight? Who had oh, your number? That had me. Uh, I know Bolton was a tough one for me. Uh, Jansen, I fought 10 times, but didn't, you know, or maybe more uh, our whole careers. Uh, Chris Neal. Chris Neal was always tough for me to fight. I, I probably fought him, I'd say, four or five times. And uh, yeah, he was. Um, just 
threw with both hands, wasn't hit hard. He was, he was, had a hard head. He was tough to beat up. So you're just kind of trying to survive and get your shots in, uh, you know, when you can. So he was, and always, and always had to battle against them, right? Playing for Montreal and playing. And, and I guess Lucic too, I would have to put up there too. I think people don't realize every one of these guys you're talking about outweighs you by at least 30 pounds. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you're fighting guys your own size. If you were to fight guys your own size, you would be undefeated in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. That's I, the scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I always did well. I was just, I was a very smart fighter and I, I you know, I would never go toe to toe with those guys because you're, you're going to lose. So I would just try and outsmart them, make, make, wait for them to kind of make a mistake. And, uh, but yeah, I was always fighting guys um, that were much, much bigger and much heavier. What was the most embarrassing moment on the ice for you? Most embarrassing. Other than our fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Most embarrassing. You ever like slip on a breakaway or just get dangled on or something? Uh, I don't think I've ever, ever really done anything like super embarrassing. Must be nice to be perfect, Brandon. <laughs> It's tough. It's tough waking up every day like this. Yeah. It's just um, what's what's your worst hockey moment then? Worst worst moment in your career? Well, I mean, losing in the conference finals uh, when you were there uh, with with uh, the Rangers when we lost to Jersey. I was happy we lost. Yeah, I, you were, yeah, you were ready to go. <laughs> I gave a cheers in the press box. I was like, "Let's go, pack the bus, let's get out of here." You guys were crying. I was like, "Can we go? I got, I got a flight. I got to catch, fellas." And and then losing in uh, losing in New York um, uh, with Montreal, um, a lot, you know, I think it was I think it was two years after I signed with Montreal. We played them in the conference final and we lost game six. I think in uh, yeah, game six back in uh, New York. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, who would? Okay, one last one. Who was your the best teammate you had a guy you're still close with who was like, you played on a bunch of teams. You played for a long time. Who was a guy who was the, like a couple more, who was the most talented guy you played with? Who was the best guy? Like I uh, always am interested well, in that. Do you mean best guy? Like my bet you talking about my best friend, my best. Sure. Partner? Who, who's the best guy. Then we'll talk about the most skilled guy you played with. Oh, that's uh, that's tough. I still have a lot. I still keep in, keep in touch. Like, Eric Nystrom, Rene Bork. Um, Nystrom, really nice. Gal, it, well, Nystrom, we grew up, uh, we've lived together in our the minors for two years. So okay, okay. I'm still one of my, my best buddies. And uh, Rene Bork, and uh, I still talk with Gallagher and Pricer a lot. Um, so most like skilled guys that I played with, I mean, I always liked watching Marion Gabrick, uh, you know, especially even in just practice. And, um, but just watching him when he turns on the Jets was was pretty fun. Um, to, oh, also, like the goaltenders, right? I played with Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Kiprasov. So I always uh, I always had pretty much one of the best goalies in the league, which was which was always fun too to watch. Yeah. Well, listen, you were a gem to play with, Brandon. You were a great guest. Thanks for coming on, my man. Good yeah. luck with everybody. If you're in London. Go to Doughboys. Get yourself a pie and some chicken. Brandon will be there. He'll make it. You're the chef, right? That's what I understood. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I'm right back there, just slinging pies up, around. Up pies. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I appreciate it, man. It was good seeing you again. Good luck with everything. Next time I'm in London, I'll, I'll drop you a line. We'll yeah, yeah, please do, bud, for sure. Grab some pizza, Tim. You got anything for Brandon? Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All yeah. right, everybody. Thank That's you right. for listening. We appreciate the support. We'll talk to you next week. We'll do a little playoff recap. Get ready for who do you got in the Cup Finals, Presty? Oh, I mean, Vegas is looking pretty good. Vegas, Toronto. You're going Toronto? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick them. I, I, it's gonna be interesting to see how they fare up against the uh, the the talent on the uh, uh, south of the border. So we'll see. I think they're just going to get demolished. I honestly do. What do you got? Like Islanders? Uh, what do you? What do you got? Bosh? I picked Tampa. I like Tampa. I think Kucherov's yeah. going to come back and he'll be good. And they're, they're that's true. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa's going to be tough to beat. I think everyone's sleeping on Tampa right now. They're talking about yeah. Carolina. So they've kind of quiet. They've kind of quietly just been going about their business, right? Tampa. Agreed. And I liked Vegas. They're they're playing well, but I like Colorado. It's going to be fun. I'll, I'll be Colorado, watching. It'll be exciting. Yeah, there will be. All right, Prusty, man. Get some rest. Good seeing you. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 